The deal is this. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid, that red dropper Anton Wilson always squealed. <laughs> tell you when I was a kid, that red dropper Anton Wilson always squealed. They unpissed. They unpissed. Time we finish this, you're all going to be practicing magicians. I'm Jeremy Greer, and I'm Gary Butterfield, and this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I are covering every single issue of New X Men. Not every single one, just the ones that Grant Morrison wrote. Because who has the time, right, Gary? Who has yep. the time? Yep. Who has the time? I might read the two issues of Brave New Morning. I did, uh, or whatever the <laughs> yeah. fuck it's called. Okay, I did. <laughs> just uh, not good. So we can we'll do our our tight three on that. Oof, uh, oof, or shit. Yep, uh, all good. But uh, we are back with uh, issue number 131. We've just wrapped up the Phantom X arc. Uh, we are going to have kind of a series of one-off issues, just kind of exploring our characters a little bit before we get into our next main arc, which would be Riot at Xavier's. Riot at Xavier's is probably my favorite arc in all mm-hmm. of this. Like, I think it's super good. And it's the thing, if you've ever heard me as we've covered the movies or even the comic books or whatever, every time I say, like, I wish there were more teens in the X-Men universe, I'm always thinking of Riot at Xavier's. But, we mean that, not X Men Evolution. Exactly. Like all the times we've been like, we like the kids. <laughs> yeah. That's what we mean. Um, and uh, this issue I think is really cool. And this is good. Um, I like the, man, uh, big kudos to the cover for showing some Emma Frost breast restraint. Yeah. For once in her career. Yeah. I mean, she's like, working with like a like C cup instead of like triple F's. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That looks like an outfit somebody might wear. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's kind of amazing. Um, I wonder if they buy and, uh, clothes and fasten X's onto them or if they just make their own clothes, including the X's. Like, what do you think that situation is? You know, for a while uh, in the 70s and 80s X-Men, uh, Kitty Pride was the person who designed their costumes. Of course. Yeah. Like that was a thing where she would pop out and be like, I got a new costume for you or stuff like something like that. Like and then now I think it's all like Reed Richards Unstable Molecule stuff. Well, it has to be because so. like, how does Jamie Madrox like reproduce clothes? Like what? It doesn't make totally. any fucking sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. Just give him a dollar and then have him reproduce. Like, fuck, man. God, do you think, like, uh, do you think that Jamie Madrox has ever been like, hey, Reed, can I get like just a fucking swimsuit over here? Like, I don't need this it's X uniform. <laughs> can I get some fucking Hanes over here, Reed Richards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I get some unstable molecule Hanes? <laughs> <laughs> like unstable Hanes. Yeah, the X Undies podcast promotion. That's the way um, you tell the original from all the rest of it was because one of them is wearing underwear. None of the rest yeah, are. Yeah, the rest of them are all free balling. <laughs> like whichever one has the chafe ding dong from the back of the zipper. Yep, mm-hmm. is uh, is just a, is a clone. Um, so we we cut over. The art is uh, different in this. Um, so we got um, these are uh, inks by uh, Bill Sankevich, um, and then pencils by uh, Jean Paul Leon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the art in this issue. I do too. So good. Yeah. Like for this, like this is not an action issue. This is all just talking, uh, but it's, it's perfect. Like it looks so good. Uh, it feels really cool to get to come back to like 
good ass X Men art. Yes, absolutely. Um, and the you know the inking is like Bill, Bill Sienkiewicz is a legend. Um, the inking is also a big reason why this looks so cool. That kind of sketchy, um, new mutant style demon bear looking inking uh, on the shadows in this just looks amazing. Like together, it just ends up having a very strong visual identity. This is uh, probably the best time. I mentioned it a few episodes back, but uh, this is probably a good time to do just like a, a quick two on that New Mutants trailer. Did you get a chance to watch it? Oh, yeah, I did. What do you, what do you think? Um, it looks cool. Yeah. Uh, it looks cool. I'll definitely see it. My only quibble is I wish that it didn't have a uh, a super sad cover of Another Brick in the Wall. I think <laughs> I, I want a, a all-time permanent blanket moratorium on cover songs and trailers. Yes, 100%. Never agree. do it again. Yeah. Especially yep. like sad goth versions of songs that aren't particularly sad or gothy. Did you happen to catch that Dr. Doolittle trailer at any point? <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, I had no, like my Twitter feed was all Doolittle today. And then somebody retweeted like a games press dude who I, whose name I guess was Doolittle. And I thought it was a game snake and I just ignored all of it. <laughs> so I just like no. gave up. Uh, yeah, But no, I did not see well, that. Ordinarily ignoring it because it's a games thing is a really good instinct. Um, but I, I just, the, the trailer kept being shown to me when I saw movies and it's like this very, it plays the sad cover of what a wonderful world, Oh my God. um, for the first like 75% of it, it's like very dramatic. And then it ends with MCU music as they fight a dragon. And I'm like, what the fuck is even happening? Um, but the, the super sad, what a wonderful world is what that remind that another brick in the wall reminded me of. And that's like the only touch I think is really shitty. I think it looks cool. I think the characters look like themselves. I like the uh, scary institution, like all the, you know, they're not actually here to cure us. Like, I think that's an interesting angle to take the X-Men universe. I'm going to be real because they, they, they showed off just a little bit of magic's powers and I was super yeah. here for that. Like the CGI looks really good, at least like the brief glimpse we saw, but like desperately dying to see how they're going to pull off Cannonball and have it not look like fucking ridiculous. Like I kind of, oh, yeah. I kind of hope and I don't know if that movie has an R rating yet or not. Like, I don't know if they've actually rated it, but uh, like I would kind of hope they lean into some body horror with that of like he has a couple of times where he tries that it just really fucks him up you know what i'm saying like yeah, I think that yeah. would be kind of yeah, interesting cool. so yeah i'm i'm uh optimistic about it because i'm an idiot and sure just keep yeah, showing me these movies and same. i'll just you know whatever you want to say about me that is stupid that you know we're the only two people on podcast talking about how we want to see that movie right now Whatever names you want to call me are fine. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm about to I'm about to jump into the fucking crisis event for DC TV. Okay. <laughs> like I'm about to watch a fucking episode of Supergirl so I can watch a fucking crisis event. So I'm here for dumb immune superhero to your fucking shit. Criticism. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> immune to your criticism. I've watched most episodes of Batwoman, Gary. I'm here. Okay. This is who I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, I exist. Oh man. <laughs> I uh since we're a little bit off topic i started watching that harley quinn animated show have you seen anything about sure. this uh um, i knew it was happening from like entertainment news but i did not see it did you know that it's like fully like like r-rated fucks flying everywhere like super no. s- super liberal left like the very first scene is like a group of uh like old rich white guys literally congratulating themselves being old rich white guys and earning money by oppressing the poor <laughs> Like they they say they say those words and like Harley Quinn is like you fuckheads and starts bashing them with a hammer, like it it almost was too much like it was almost like a little like too on the nose but then it actually gets kind of cool and funny so anyway just yeah we can go back to X Men now yeah. just was like what the fuck is this Harley Quinn no no yeah that's that's pretty amazing <clears throat> uh yeah so yeah uh, uh we go from the yeah. cover which is like restrained Emma Frost uh to the X jet uh, with somebody telepathically asking Scott who the hell was dark star. 
And of course, uh, it's Emma, and he's saying like, "Oh, hey, like, don't talk to me right now, like, or I'm flying a plane, so like, we have to, we we have to, like, I have to do this, or you're gonna make me crash, and I will die." Yeah, they're heading to a funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, the funeral is in uh, France, and Professor Xavier is giving his eulogy. Because I don't know, know if you know actually, this, it's a rule that you have to be buried where you die. That's a rule. Yeah, it's <laughs> at the exact moment. <laughs> yeah, none of Dark Star's uh, families at this funeral, by the way. It's just all French. No, people. no, no. Just, just, just miscellaneous X Men who uh, Wolverine still has his bag. Yeah, he came right from the airport. You know, this is a sad funeral. Um, and you know, Xavier is giving a pretty boilerplate uh, version of this, but again, it just it's a joy to look at because the art is phenomenal. There's a uh, goth chick in the back that's only there to you know put like some cigarettes on Jim Morrison's grave. She just kind of wandered into the situation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, we cut over to uh, kind of our B plot. There's just a lot of little plots. This is just a downtime issue. Yeah. Um, where uh, Archangel, first time appearing in this book, um, is teaching the class of kids who fly how to fly. Yes. Uh, which again, like I love that the fact that the you know the uncanny X Men at this time, the the shitty Chuck Austin run that was happening, like Archangel was a big part of that. But, like, they all live at the same place. Like, it wouldn't make sense for Wolverine to be teaching these kids how to fly. So, hey, loan me Archangel for a minute. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> and it's not a lot. Like, he's just basically telling people, like, yeah, it, you know, no matter how you fly, like, it's all about confidence and concentration. Like, it's it's just a, it's just a matter of knowing how to do it. And, of course, we have our regulars, Angel and Beak, uh, with their normal kind of attitudes. And, um, man, does Beak just look awesome in this art style or what? Like, it looks yeah, yeah. so good. Um, it fits him and again i love uh angel in this art style as well where part of it is just like restraint on tits yes yes she's supposed to be like a really young girl you didn't need to draw her with these huge fucking mega tits yeah. every single time stop sexualizing children like it just <laughs> never needs to happen it never needs to happen my dude but like, gary she's actually ten thousand years old yeah, was, <laughs> yeah and like yes listen i know some like pubescent girls end up with like mega tits i know but it just like there's there's just something about drawing it in one hand to be realistic and then jerking off with the other that grosses me out. We uh um, we have on Supernatural right now. We're uh we're dealing with uh, a plot where God's sister comes back from God killing her at some point. But she, she starts off as a as a wee lass and starts eating souls to grow super fast. But she's kind of like sexually into one of the main characters, which I mean frankly so am i but like there's a moment where like the teenage version and this like 35 year old man are like making eyes at each other and me and chris are both like uh, please just eat another soul and turn 21 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i need you to rapidly age until this is no longer gross please so yeah so yeah they're uh they're planning to go to the shiar spaceship and uh th- with the idea that they're gonna go into space for a year to help with the relief effort, which is kind of a cool thing, which I wish I like would almost want to say, I wish we'd see more of, but then I just know like a monkey paw is going to curl and I'm going to be like, it's going to be five years worth of crossover events for CR bullshit. Six issues of (laughs) CR relief efforts. Um, I like that they're, they actually have some consequences for shit we saw. Yeah. You know, like I, I appreciate that. Most of this is here just to have some work with angel and beak who like previously were kind of joke characters, but are actually kind of main characters of the run. Mm hmm. You know, um, basically Angel Sasson, you know, uh, says, uh, you know, I'm going to fly however I want. And if I had my way, like I would just have these wings cut off and Angel ignores him like Angel, right? And Beak, how about you? You know, just kind of turns like, (laughs) what do you have to say? Um, You know, he's like, I would like to get into space and help with the relief effort, but I can't do it. Um, Angel says, no, no, you look good enough to me. Just relax and fly. 
Um, anybody who can make it to the flagship can consider their lesson learned. And he flies off with the idea that the students are going to follow him. Yeah. And Angel is drinking some beer and we, we see some, yep. we see some students like fly off and, uh, like she offers a beer and he's like, I'm straight edge. Keep your beer and cigarettes. I, I, I love this. I'm sorry. I'm straight edge hardcore. My body is a temple. Uh, very funny. And she's like, yeah, temple of Satan, you weirdo. You know, like their, their banter is very good. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing. Um, he basically says like, I want to go there. I want to go to space because maybe, you know, I'll feel more normal there. And she's, she's like, no, there's nothing normal about you. Yeah. Um, nothing normal about this place. You know, you're misguided. Um, she's basically playing the tough, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pretending to some grum and, uh, the, you know, the, she's teasing him about this and she's like trying to tease him into fly. Like basically, come on, you know, scare Kentucky, you know, flapping her wings. Buck, buck, buck. Oh, where's Miss Frost? So I can pretend not to be looking down her bra, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> teasing him. And uh, he he yells, "Buck you!" and starts flying after her, but cannot fly yet. Yeah, immediately falls. And uh, yeah, immediately falls. And uh, um, we get a brief scene—not a brief scene, but a brief panel of uh, like students actually landing on the spaceship, which is in the sky, and uh, and yep. an angel being like, "Skywalker, keep your arms tucked in if you want to go faster." And I'm like, "There's a mutant named Skywalker," and I'm just hearing about this. I, I, I think he shows up in like one of the um, the young, like the the new the new new mutants. Oh, okay, cool. That show up or whatever mm-hmm. the the new X Men that is like the kids with the Hellions and stuff. I think Skywalker actually shows up. Um. We go back to where Angel, where Beak is crashed. And uh, again, I love, uh, I love Beak. Like, he's a great character. His writing is very funny. Like, his sense of humor comes through. Like, you see this? This neck was once here. Now it is broken into a million pieces. <laughs> like, that over-drama. And, you know, I reminded of when he was talking about, like, Cassandra Nove. Like, she'd kill herself if she had to be me for a day. <laughs> like, Beak is a really great character. He's very funny. He's extremely um, funny. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. Um, and he's basically doing a pity party. Like how stupid was I, you know, to like, think I was going to be able to do this. And she's like, I know we'll send you into orbit. And she kisses him. Um, and little cartoon hearts pop out. Yeah. Uh, Kissing a beak starting, is, a, uh, is a weird vibe. Like she's, she's, totally. she's deep in the beak. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Weird flex angel. <laughs> um, we switched to, uh, Emma and beast who is, uh, who were talking about Beast's recent announcement that he's, uh, that he's gay and she's reading a magazine that literally has him on the cover. That's that's, you know, has the caption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as gay as it gets. I'm as gay as it gets, which like, I yeah. know Kelsey Grammer isn't beast and I know Kelsey Grammer <laughs> yes. isn't gay, but like, isn't that like a super Kelsey Grammer? I'm gay kind of sentence. Like a delivery. That, yeah. yeah. I'm as gay as yeah. it gets. Like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's basically saying like, I know this isn't true. Like I can read your mind. Like you used to make practical jokes to superhero headquarters. Like what, what yeah. are you doing? Like people are already saying that we're like some weird bohemian sociology experiment. Now you're just doing this. Like what, what is the point of all of this? Fanning the flames, mm-hmm. you know, and he basically brushes her off. Like I'm doing this to challenge their preconceived notions about language, gender, and species, you know, as kind of just like a, a little bit of like an art fuck. He goes, I'm also learning to play the drums. And excuse me, I might have to go. But by the way, don't mess with Scott and Jean's marriage. It's undignified and Jean will kill you. <laughs> uh, which, like, I love that line. Again, these people, like, work together. They live together. They have these relationships. Like, that feels lived in. You know? Absolutely. And uh, yeah. from here, we go back over to the X-Plane, um, which is now over France. Scott and Logan are in the uh, pilot co-pilot seat. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're just kind of having a conversation. And... Uh, but Logan takes this as a chance to immediately go into Scott and Jean's marriage. I'm like, you guys should, should talk to, you guys should talk more. What's up? 
Yeah. Yep. Uh, Scott's just trying to talk to him about Madripoor and he's brushing it off. And uh, Emma Frost is in Scott's mind at this point. Um, I love this, like Logan trying to man to man him. Like all I'm saying is man's got to mow his own lawn. Is that a, (laughs) is that a euphemism for going down on a chick to you? Oh, I just think he means like you have to tend to your wife, like in all respects. Oh, I, like, I know, but like that's always been like a, I don't know if it's just where I'm from or anything, but like that, like you got to mow the lawn. It was always like, oh, you got to go down on your chick. Oh, yeah. Fascinating. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, I always call it walking in Memphis because Brayden Cameron <laughs> makes that joke. So, <laughs> I know. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know why, but that's like, that's stuck uh, for me. But uh, <laughs> your you poor, know, poor girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> extremely lucky um the uh there, there, there's um, there's a part of this uh that is sexual with the relationship like it you know earlier when jinkar was talking to him it was like you know we haven't slept together in months yeah you know like it, it it is they are experiencing some bed death you know and that being the lens in which logan sees their relationship problems makes a lot of sense to me and um yeah. basically like Emma's listening to all this and it's like, Hey, you don't have to listen to him. Just, just relax. And then we, sure enough, we see that like Logan starts fading out in the background and we see mm-hmm. Emma went through this like red quartz filter. And he's like, no, it's not like that. It actually turns yellow. And she's like, Oh yeah, I knew that. I'm just trying to get you in the mood. So basically she's in his mind and they're, they're, they're like going to go onto this like psychic journey together. I don't even know what you would call it. Yeah. Where it's him diving out of a plane. You know, she's basically counseling him. Mm hmm. You know, at this point, um, like she does, she does not have pure motives, right? But she is not, not correct. You know, the thing she's saying, like, she's like, you know, this is, uh, I summon, summer it here once I'm like pulling this from my memories. I'm pulling your memories of air pressure to make it seem convincing. Um, you know, I'm using Cerebro to get into your mind and do this, uh, long range telepathy. Um, you know, he's like, I just need a little mar- marriage guidance. And she's like, that's what we're going to do. Jump. One of my favorite like things that happens in the run, um, he jumps, you know, uh, she's kind of teasing him. And when he pulls his parachute, uh, all of his old uniforms come out of it. Yeah. Like um, it's a, it's a pretty gray's old uniform. It's just a pretty direct metaphor, but I, I really dig yeah. it. Like it's really well done. Yeah. Right. Like it's just good. And I, I love the line of like, why can't everyone just be straight with me? And it's like, because we live in a bendy world dear. like nothing's straight out here. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really work that way. And he starts you know? freaking out. Like he starts like legitimately freaking out. Cause he's falling to the ground and he starts screaming at her. Like, stop this. This feels really, this feels real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love, she says like, you know, let's aim for my cousin Jocasta's wedding. I've always wanted to ruin it. Um, which is like pretty fun. Uh, when they land though, they land in like a library on a big pile of pillows. Man, I just, I just had the thought if we get another X-Men reboot, can, um, Jamila play fucking Emma Frost? Can we just make that happen? Oh, that'd be amazing. Right? Like yeah, she'd yeah, be good so fucking good at it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be incredible. Jesus. Uh, Tahani, like as, as the, I never really put that connection together, but Tahani is huge Emma Frost vibes. Oh yeah. Like I, I like, just, I just thought about it for the first time. I think probably because we've been like watching perfect casting Jeremy. The, the most recent season, but yeah, like damn. Yeah. That's incredible. Perfect casting. So yeah, they, they literally fall into a, a bedroom um along with a bunch of pillows they're laying on a bed that's surrounded by candle candles and uh mm-hmm. and like i love scott's kind of vibe and all of this because like he's like you know she says how do we all wind up here how terribly meaningful and he's like i just i just wanted to talk <laughs> like i'm not i don't yeah, know what yeah. any of this is <laughs> yeah it's pretty it's pretty relatable the way he acts during this mm-hmm. um you know uh Logan's like, oh, you know, you have to pay attention to quit daydreaming. I'll take us down. Uh, he says, okay. Uh, 
Emma Frost summons her him fully into her mind. And this is where she's like, I am the X-Men's only qualified sex therapist uh, come in. And he's protesting, like, I don't feel safe here. Um, every It feels like I'm doing something wrong. And she's like, well, just thoughts. You know, like, this is what people do. This is what psychics do. Gene and Professor X do this. You know? Um, and Cyclops is resisting. Like, he's pushing back. He's like, you don't know anything about this. And she's like, no, I actually know you both really well. Like, Jean is a violent furnace of emotions. It's horrific. Like, one time she erased half of my brain and left me drooling for a month. You know, like, you have to be more careful with this. Um, and he's like, well, I've, I've, I've never, she's never been that way with me. I've never been that way with her. And he's like, well, you've never been your worst around her at all. Yeah. You know, she's afraid of you. We don't know what the worst of Cyclops is. Like, you just don't let down these walls. And I just want to say, like, the art here is is so good. Like, this last panel of Emma Frost, it's very, very simple, but, like, it, it just makes her look pretty in a way that, like, without yeah. being, like, crazy over the top or anything, and, like, actually makes it look like she's in the middle of a conversation. Um, yeah. And, like, yeah, this this conversation is, like, it's it's such a reverse because usually everybody is focused on Gene, 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 and, like, but Cyclops has probably, like, got some weird shit going on inside. Like, he's he's got a lot of that going on. Yeah. And he, and she even, she calls him on it. Like, you know, uh, he's like, I'd never heard her. And he's like, well, you think that she knows that but you never told her. What is the big thing you're holding back? Are you afraid Jean's going to blow you to smithereens if you tell her you don't love her anymore? Which is just like a, you know, a glass full of ice water thrown in your face, right? Like mm-hmm. that's a, that's a rough thing to have some reflected back to you. Um, and he basically says like, yeah, like I used to think that I was this kind of special, perfect husband, but really I'm just acting like everyone else. Like he's going through this existential crisis. And she and she uh, does she calls him on this bullshit too of like oh like spare me like I know that like you were possessed by a spirit and it made you look it made you act weird for a little bit like but what is actually going on like what is the actual scandal the real dirt like what is what are the what is all of the embarrassing things that you're not willing to tell your tell your wife and how can I get that out of you which of course in Emma's world is hey let's role play and I'll be Jean and she puts on like the Phoenix uniform but she still has like the wild blonde hair as opposed to the red hair and of course like mm-hmm. I love this last panel because this scott's face is just so like i'm this woman is obviously coming on to me like this is all under the umbrella of me getting seeking like advice for my marriage but this is turning sexual real fast and i'm really uncomfortable with it but also kind of excited yeah. like it's a whole it's a whole lot in a few lines of, of facial work yep. <clears throat> yep exactly you know uh basically and she says you know you were taken over by apocalypse it showed it brought this like you're brought to the dark corners of your soul you know and uh like this is fucked up the what you can this image the perfect marriage of the world's most beloved mutant couples um how did this go wrong um there's only one way to work this out is kind of through role playing and she dresses up in the old phoenix costume mm-hmm. um and this is where he's like is there is this even therapy or are we having a weird affair um and we cut over to the shiar spaceship yep and uh basically like they're all he's archangel is dismissing the class when angel and beak show up and angel just drops beak onto the ground spilling all of his like i guess straight edge hardcore records out of his bag yeah (laughs) yeah and Um, uh but of course now he can't go to space because something something amazing has happened to him and of course it's a it's a girl yeah and it's it's very you know very sad little scene where he's like it was like a rainbow in her wings I had to stay here because no girl has ever kissed me before she kissed me. And uh, Angel is proud about this. Everyone in the background is kind of shocked. And this was one of those cruel kid things where it's like, you know, Homer Simpson, you're really cool. Sandra, that's mean. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing uh, where they uh, gave her 20 bucks to kiss him. You know, you disgusting skank. Um, 
and he's she says where angels fear to tread just haven't been, hasn't been invented yet and i love this uh, well, like the be- uh, i love this last panel of him just being like this is the greatest day of my life like because so yeah. good and pure i love him yeah he's a good boy um so we we cut back to the psychic affair um and i love again very funny i love emma's sense of humor in this uh her doing her impersonation of like phoenix dialogue uh so anyway i am power and song and life incarnate but the truth is no matter how hard i try i can't help but playing with fire with fire how about you darling like her role playing as jean gray saying that is very funny to me extremely hilarious and uh and the last battle is scott like taking off his jacket and saying sure gene why not but looking like it's going to be the most miserable thing he's ever done yeah yeah uh, reluctant affair <laughs> you know um and this this will have cool payoffs yes yeah you know, for we're, like we're gonna get years some, some, this is gonna have cool yeah. payoffs we're gonna get some real cool shit from this in this arc and then outside of this arc yeah and uh i always like these kind of issues like this this kind of downtime we can just hang out and chill and like see some some different characters this uh scott and emma stuff i remember reading this for the first time and being kind of floored by it of just like the audacity to interrupt the classic scott and gene storyline yeah and you like know, you don't mess with that you don't mess with that like you you mess with that externally like apocalypse stops your wedding right like that's that's the thing that happens it doesn't it doesn't interfere with their action they still love each other they're still gonna get married but like they have to go kill apocalypse or something like whereas this is yeah. a direct and not only just like messing from it from the outside but like this is scott worrying that they don't actually have a relationship um, yeah they're messing with their love like it's messing with the emotions in a way that i think is pretty like real feeling and lived in mm-hmm super good so, super good yeah really really good um love it really really great issue um we're entering into like some miscellaneous issues for a while um we're gonna do that for two more issues where just kind of stuff happens before the uh, actual next arc starts yeah um that i think are not as good as this one uh the next two issues are a little bit weaker um one of which i think is pretty cool we get to meet dust who doesn't end up becoming very much of a character but you know you think is gonna be part of the kid squad um, and then we also do one where we deal with Genosha and uh, it's fine. Um, like Genosha is <laughs> interesting when it's not rubble. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Hey, at least Toad shows up, right Gary? At least we have Hell Toad yeah. there. <laughs> we'll always have Eunice the untouchable. Of course. Uh, <laughs> the, the uh, So anywho, uh, if you like the show, please uh, leave us a rating review on Apple podcast and please head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeed TV. Yeah, you can get all kinds of cool benefits there. You can get a uh, grip of episodes of this podcast every two weeks if you don't want to wait for uh, the two episodes per week release. You can get episodes Mm -hmm. of all of the podcast early. You can get access to the Slack channel. You can do all and uh, just tons of exclusive podcasts. Um, You guys recently put a a link up that showed you like what you get at everything. And I was like, I went through and clicked on it. And as a guy that's been a patron for like years now, (laughs) not just a host Mm -hmm. on the network, I was like, holy shit, this is a lot of fucking content. (laughs) Yeah. That that website is uh, www.fivebuckducks. And you can go there and kind of see everything there. So, we want you to patronize us. I'm not going to be coy about that. Like, obviously we want your support, um, but we're not going to like let you go home empty handed. You know, I think that we put a lot of work into what we do. And I think we're offering a lot for not very much money. Absolutely. So, so check it out. We appreciate it. If you do uh, tell your friends, if you can't, that's no big deal. Um, and we'll be back in a couple of days with more new X-Men. These are the tales of the